Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I'm your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. We are going to talk 45 minutes about Grimace, the McDonald's character, and we will wrap it up there. And I don't have trivia today because recording time got a little messed up last minute and things are crazy and the smoke is invading Philadelphia now and my lungs hurt. So first off, we went to Watkins Glen this weekend for IMSA. I just saw that the Porsche appeal was denied, so BMW kept their win overall in GTP. We won't spend too much time on it because we're short on time today, but what did you think of Watkins Glen? Uh, I loved it. I thought it was a really pretty area. I mean, it's kind of a random area. Like, the town is smaller even, I think, than I expected. Same. And I think we were sitting at that one brewery, and I was like, oh, F1 used to come here. And we looked it up and it was from 1961, I want to say, yeah. or something like that, to 1980. And we just couldn't really picture that or imagine it. But, I mean, the track is awesome. I thought the race was really fun. And I would definitely go back. I would love to see IndyCar back there again. I, I think that would be an amazing track for them to go to and a good area yeah. for the series. I agree. I think definitely definitely how am i trying i definitely would like want to do it again like every year like you know this is like the other you know one of the main IMSA things that we get to because it's easy to drive to but also it was you know it was a really nice area it was fun to walk around the track and explore like getting to explore places that like <laughs> i've seen in like video games or on tv a hundred thousand times but like never have gotten to be there despite it being like it was an easy drive minus driving in the rain friday night once we hit the new york border it was a lot of fun man yeah i agree and and yeah thanks to our friend don for the hospitality this weekend and showing us around the track on a scooter so we could save our feet a little bit and before we get to f1 this is your daily reminder that nascar races at chicago this weekend and it should be very interesting it's on nbc and 
that's all I got. I I'm definitely interested to check it out once Mid Ohio and IndyCar gets done, and I I know I will not be moving very much Friday. Or Friday, my my mind is on the weekend on sun, Sunday Sunday afternoon. So yeah, what do we? Have? I don't. I know we don't have a ton F one to get to, but I know there's a few a few things in mind. Yeah, just a few kind of. I guess I would say housekeeping items that we need to cover because we, we have seen some news, but the first thing is that helmet Marco, he's just been on a roll lately. Like I really think he's Orange. headed out the door soon. Cause he's, yeah, he's on a rampage, but I mean, what he said about Nick DeVries will get to. However, he confirmed that alpha Tauri will no longer be called alpha Tauri as of next year, 2024. And there will be two new leaders of the team, uh, Laurent Meckes and Peter Bayer. So there'll be new sponsors and a new name. I think the Alpha Tauri brand has been pretty much a complete failure. I don't mm -hmm. know that because I haven't really looked into it. But when I was in London and I saw the store, I was about to go in and then saw that pretty much it had nothing to do with the F1 team. There was no F1 merch in the store whatsoever, which really, I think that would have been smart. Yeah. So I didn't even bother to step through the door. Like I literally went in the doorway, kind of glanced in the store and all the salespeople kind of looked up and were eagerly looking at me like, oh my yeah, goodness, yeah. this is a customer. And then I just turned around and left because <laughs> I don't need to buy like very overpriced plain looking clothing just because it's a brand that's owned by Red Bull. So, you know, I don't think that experiment has worked. We'll see if they even continue with that brand. Maybe people in Europe buy it. I don't know. I've never seen anyone wearing it so yeah whatever it's well we don't know what they're going to be called but i'm interested to see what it's going to be called next year some version of bull something right toro rosa was the old name so yeah i don't know i was gonna make like a really lame, what they're gonna be called no i was gonna make like a really lame joke but i'm not giving people ammo as we head into the weekend weekend so yeah what's next okay so the other thing that we saw actually i think this just came out today yes it did Lewis Hamilton, and this is interesting coming from him. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. he's in kind of on the back foot in a different position now, but he basically said that he'd like to see teams being prevented from switching their research and development resources from the current car during the season to the one for the next season until after a specified date when the other teams would be able to essentially catch the pace sitters during that maybe latter part of the season. And I don't necessarily disagree with him he you know he goes on to say i was really fortunate to have one of those periods that max verstappen is having now but with the way it's going it will continue to happen over and over again and i don't think we need that in the sport so just in my personal experience when you're so far ahead when you're 100 points ahead you don't really need to do a lot of more development on your car and you can start earlier on your next car is essentially what he's saying so red bull has a head start they're so far ahead at this point that they can coast the rest of the way make their next year's car just as good, just as dominant. And it's a vicious cycle. So, you know, what do you think of Lewis's idea of kind of after a certain date, that's when you can kind of start on next year. So before we get there, I think it's very rich coming from Lewis Hamilton. First off, he's right. Agreed. Like, I, I, I think yes. what he's saying makes a lot of sense, but also it's very interesting coming from the guy who won seven championships you know, eight in a row with uh, with Nico Rosberg in in the 
in the middle there. Damn, this smoke is brutal. So, you know, it kind of, it's, it's like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the right like phrase is, but it's, it's kind of ironic coming from Lewis. Again, I do. I agree with him. I have no issue with, you know, Hey, you can't start development on your 2024 car before September 1st. I don't know. I'm just throwing out. He says August 1st, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Lewis and I are on the same page here, but, but yeah, I don't know. I have like a little bit of a hard time taking it totally seriously because it's Lewis saying it. 100%. And I think there is definitely always going to be a hypocritical aspect to it of when you are the dominant one, you don't, want to see anything change because it's not interesting for you in that way you're not thinking about it in that way maybe this is giving him some perspective that he needed sure is is the only thing that i will say like he's finally understanding what being on the other side is and it does suck so now he's maybe a little more sympathetic for how the other teams felt during that whole time he wouldn't take it back of course sure yeah all right i'm i dig it Damon Hill has predicted a future that I am on board with. He says that F1 should consider ditching its hybrid power units for full combustion engines that use carbon neutral synthetic fuels. We know that there are a bunch of different companies working on. I know Porsche is currently working on synthetic fuels. I think Lamborghini is involved in it. There's a team that is paired with, F1 called or a company called Zero, I believe, which makes yeah, yeah. fuel. I don't know. Using renewable energy can be dropped directly in any engine. I, I'm all for that because, hey, I mean, if we can get some of the sound back, if we can d- dump the whole electric portion of the engine and remove all that weight, I think that could only be a good thing. I agree. I listen, I'm not I'm not an engine expert by any means, but I think the I don't know, let's call them friendly fuels. You know, let's we can we can call that friendly. like the friendly fuels, like the the simpletons way of, of explaining this are I seem it seems like a much more practical way for motorsports to move forward than this hybrid stuff. Yeah. I don't know, hybrid stuff and electric stuff seems it just seems so expensive and it's not going to get I don't think it's gonna get cheaper anytime soon so it's not necessarily all that beneficial so I don't know that's my listen I'm very undereducated on this topic I am not going to pretend like I know the future of renewable energy and batteries and plutonium and all that kind of stuff and I'm throwing out words now but you know, you get you get what I mean. I I I still think the what did I just call them? Friendly fuels. The friendly fuels is is the way to go. I have done a lot of research and I listen to a lot of just general automotive podcasts because I'm just a car nut in general. And so yeah. I know a decent amount, I would say, about hybridization and the electrification of vehicles. And whether or not we're going to move ahead with that on commuter vehicles, that's not, I guess, part of this question. I think that motorsports, whatever we do with those kind of 
consumer vehicles should be exempt and should be able to use these kind of fuels in a few, like full regular combustion engine because I mean, don't get me started on the toxicity and the wastefulness of mining metals to create batteries. We don't yeah. need to go there, but there is no perfect solution. So if we can get F1 and IndyCar and all those series to remove weight and be more entertaining while still being energy efficient or neutral, then I'm all for something else rather than what Formula E is doing. <laughs> you mean their broadcast or their car or the tracks or all of the above? Hey, but they just signed Roku as their exclusive streaming partner for Whoa. whatever next year or something. Whoa. For the eight people that listen to this podcast that have a Roku, actually, it's probably like three people that have a Roku. Actually, the only place I ever see Roku now is when we're in an Airbnb. That's the only place I see Roku's at this point. It's like the cheap, like, let's throw something up here for our guests. Yeah. 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 I, I don't. I think I've used the Roku before when I worked for a rental car agency before I went back to grad school. I actually found yeah. a Roku in like a rental vehicle and took it. <laughs> because it had been it had been there for long enough where I could just take it and the person was not coming back. And yeah, it's really not high tech. I'd say yeah. if you want to use an Amazon Fire Stick or a an Apple TV or even probably what comes on your smart TV, you'd probably be better set. So I don't know if Formula E studied the marketplace, but hey, if Roku's willing to pay, that'll be interesting to see. Ooh, yeah, I don't quite follow it, but you know, again, I I'm pretty tapped out on Formula E, like like we've said a couple times. So it is it is what it is. Speaking of money and spending a lot of money, yeah, to get ahead. involved in racing, this was kind of the big news, I would say. Um, Alpine has sold a stake of the team, 24% to be exact, for 200 million euros, which how many dollars is that? Let me look real quick. 200 million euros to dollars is about $217 million. And that 200 million was spent by this kind of three-part financial entity called Otro Capital Redbird Capital Partners and Maximum Effort Investments. And what we really need to know is that Ryan Reynolds, Rob um, McElhenney from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, yeah. and Michael B. Jordan are sort of the big name investors there. And this, I can't see this being a bad thing. Alpine seems to be a team that lags behind, especially for a manufacturer team. This is going to be an influx of capital. It's also going to boost their status. And maybe because Alpine as a car manufacturer has one car, that is the A110 that's not even sold in the United States, maybe this will help them out a little bit and maybe they'll be able to boost the brand recognition. So it's interesting. I think we'll see how this goes, but I like it. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, what? He bought and sold, what was it? Mint Mobile? And doesn't okay. he also have like a... He has liquor. the football, the, the soccer team, and he, and he has a uh, liquor, yeah. Yeah, so now he's dipping his toe into F1. I'll be interested to see if we see some more celebrities doing stuff like this, but 
what's probably most fascinating about this is that it's a 24% stake, right? So if we're talking $217 million times four, then we're, we're, I mean, we're getting like pretty close to that magic billion dollar number for the valuation of the team. I think and that's there, not yeah. even, yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not even a, a front running team. So Red Bull and Mercedes, and then probably Ferrari's worth, I would say maybe the most, but just because their history, but if Alpine's worth almost a billion dollars, that's probably not good news for the individuals <laughs> who are trying to come in on the grid in 2026. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, now it almost assures the fact that whoever the quote unquote winning team is, if if they add if they even add another team, you're gonna have to have like a ridiculous amount of money in addition to all the other like, hey, we have you know, we want an and if you're gonna bring an engine supplier, make have them make engines, not just rebatch the engines, which is the knock against Almost the knock against Ford too, and their Red Bull rebadging, but also the GM knock with the with the Cadillac thing. So both are looking. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be high tech if if we're being honest. That leads me perfectly into the next piece of news. I did that. We so, did not plan. We did not plan this. No, we didn't. High tech obviously runs teams, and they're based in Silverstone. They race in F two, F three, and F four. They announced this week that their parent company, High Tech Global Holdings, has sold a 25% stake to a Kazakh businessman named Vladimir Kim. And I looked him up. He is worth 4.6 billion US dollars. And he made his money. Well, he's the richest person in Kazakhstan, just for that. Um, what else? He he made his money in the Kazakhstan natural resource sector. So I guess he owns a company called KAZ Minerals, which does mining of copper, which is obviously a big deal. And I'm sure he owns other companies, but that's what I can see now. So, hey, uh, that's the kind of money that I guess we're probably talking about. You need that rich investor like a Lawrence Stroll or yeah. whatever to really have the opportunity to join the grid and then also have the infrastructure investment that you need. And high tech already has some existing infrastructure. I mean, they're based in Silverstone. They have F2, F3, and F4 teams. So they have a little bit of that in place. I mean, it would take a lot of ramping up to join F1, but I kind of agree with you that they, I bet, because they're already sort of in the club, would be the one that would get the nod for 2026. Yep. Agreed. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. 
There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you after the chequered flag. Williams is going to have a striking quote-unquote livery for the 800th race for that team, which is they're, you know, the third most prolific F1 team on the grid right now. That's pretty amazing because, you know, for the last dozen years, they've been such garbage. Yeah, well, it's I mean, it's just sad that they're in the state that they're in, given their history, because only McLaren and Ferrari are older. And yeah. obviously, Williams is important to F1, I would argue. And so it's going to be interesting. I don't know what the livery is going to be, but they've hyped it up. So I'm excited to see it. And I hope it's a throwback. I really hope it references. I think it'd be cool if they reference like their first winning car from 1979, which was like that white and green Saudi livery. I think it was Clay Regazzoni one actually at Silverstone. That would make a lot of sense if they did that, <laughs> but they probably won't do that then. Yep. It's going to be a car painted like wood to reference their woodworking shop of the past decade you heard it here that'd be actually kind of cool looking to be honest it would be it would be very cool but also probably not not accurate do we have any other news one last thing yes and this actually will lead us perfectly into this weekend mclaren's getting a big upgrade this is the upgrade they've been talking about only Lando Norris will use it, but they called it like a milestone upgrade. They're introducing it in stages. 50% of the upgrade will be introduced this weekend at the Austrian Grand Prix, and then 25% at Silverstone and 25% the following weekend at Hungary. So they're really hoping that this is going to result in some immediate performance. Hopefully we will see that. Uh, it's going to have a lot of side pod and bodywork revisions and a completely new floor. Norris has kind of dampened expectations a little bit and said it won't suddenly make them the lead midfield team. But I'm intrigued because they tend they sounded like they knew what the problem was immediately after they released the car. They yeah. were the ones who were basically saying we went down the wrong path. And so I think they've been working on this upgrade since then. And, and like they corrected their course. So I have hope, but you never know. I mean, it's not Williams and it's not Ferrari. So I do have True. hope because it's McLaren and I have a little bit more faith in that organization, but I'm also not incredibly optimistic. How do you feel about it? <sighs> yeah. I mean, again, it's not Williams. So it's not Ferrari. So, you know, there's like some level of hope there but they missed so bad at the start of the year. Like it's almost a little bit like, 
okay, are you are you back to where you should have been at the beginning of the year, which still only puts you like maybe fifth best midfield. And so then you're you're still behind and then you're still behind no matter what, if you're, you know, haven't started looking at next year at this point. So, yeah, like I'm like cautiously optimistic, but also I need to see it to, to believe it at this point because they were so wrong at the start of the year. I actually realized I forgot to mention the whole Nick DeVries thing. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. I think is the last piece of news we should cover before we get into this weekend. So Helmet Marco, as we mentioned to start off the episode, says that I guess Christian Horner had disagreed with him on signing Nick DeVries to the Alpha Tauri seat for this season. And he he admitted essentially that Christian Horner was probably right, which to me sends a clear message that they're done with him and it's just a matter of time. I mean, as we've mm-hmm. basically been hearing, because you don't say that if you have hope for someone to get better, if you have any faith in them. But I'd also, it's interesting because Nick DeVries apparently just responded to that and said, what did he say? Asked bluntly about the comments. He said, I think Dr. Marco would appreciate if I proved him wrong on track. That's all I kind of feel about it and is in within my control. So that's it. I think that's the best thing he could possibly say. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but Max Verstappen also offered... Nick DeVries, some words of encouragement, I guess. He basically said, I think we all know that this is motorsport in general. You need to perform and do the best you can. It's not forever anyway. You can't force things as well. So it's about how you work together with your team, gain experience as well. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what people above you say, which shots fired at Helmet Marco. I love it. It's about how you can learn from your weekends and learn from your mistakes like we all do. And just get on top of the car a little bit more, feel a little bit more comfortable and definitely don't force. He says, I don't even need to tell Nick. He has a lot of experience, but we'll see again this weekend. This is for everyone. It's not only for Nick. It's every single weekend you have to basically work together and improve. So, I mean, he's done. Yuki has also said that he thinks Nick DeVries will get there at some point. I personally, if I were Yuki Sonoda, I would be rooting for Nick DeVries to continue on the team (laughs) because you're absolutely smoking him. And he's a perfect teammate for you to destroy and look really good against. So you know, the politics of F1 are in full swing. And when, I think when, not if Nick DeVries gets dropped, we'll see who ends up in that Alpha Tower seat because there's a lot of rumors swirling around about Daniel Ricciardo, Mick Schumacher, and I guess potentially Alex Polo. Yeah, I mean, again, that still looks like the best spot for him because DeVries is definitely done. Like, No offense to to Nicholas, but uh, I don't think his name's Nicholas. No offense. Like it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not like a serious nope. no offense. It's like a he's done. Uh, his his real first name is Hendrik, H-E-N-D-R-I-K. Hendrik Johannes Nicasius de Vries. All right. No offense to you, Nicasius, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you're probably not getting that seat again next year at this point. Oh, his dad's name is Hendrik Jan de Vries. Oh. And I cannot, I'm going to try to get you at some point to pronounce the part of the Netherlands that he's from. Because yeah, never this gonna, is no. a really interesting word that I, yeah, that's, it'll be fun at some point. Anyway, 
Austria this weekend, the Red Bull ring. Uh, I think that's probably fitting name for it because Red Bull, I'm sure, is going to dominate and absolutely, well, no, Max Verstappen is going to dominate. Sergio Perez will be underwhelming. But let me <laughs> read the times real quick and then we should get to predictions, I guess. Yes, we'll keep it short. There's a sprint race on Saturday. Oh, yeah. I forgot this was a sprint race. They changed the rules about the tires, but I was reading it. I don't fully understand what they're doing. So, oh, well, something about you can use softs in the sprint qualifying now. I I don't remember. Anyway, practice one is on Friday at 7.30 a.m. So hmm, I doubt that I'm going to watch that. Qualifying is 11 a.m. on Friday. So I'll be watching that. The sprint shootout is at 6 to 6.44 a.m. on Saturday. Hmm. I don't know if I'll be doing that. Sprint shootout, whatever. Then the sprint is 10.30 a.m. And then the race is on Sunday at 9 a.m. So it's good. It's one of those times where we can start the day with F1 and then not have to worry about any overlap with IndyCar or NASCAR. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, predictions. Who's having... Who is having a good weekend outside of Red Bull? Yes. Who will have a good weekend? You know what? I'm going to say Lando Norris and the new McLaren upgrade. And he's going to get at least get there in the top 10 and have like a decent, maybe seventh, eighth result. Okay. I say Lance Stroll. He's going to put it on the podium this weekend. Wow. Okay. That's almost like a hot take. But I don't yeah, know. it's a hot take. Uh, let's see. I think here. he's holding that team back at this point. <laughs> who's oh, having? He has been. Yeah, who's having? Who's having a bad weekend? Everyone except Max Verstappen. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Who will have a bad weekend? This is tough because. So many people have had bad weekends. It's harder to pick. Let's say that. No, that's that's never mind. That's easy. Let's say. Let's say George Russell has another bad weekend. Okay, I will take... because he said he's better than Lewis. So Lewis has basically turned on the Jets to uh, completely obliterate him at this point. I'll take Nick DeVries. Oh, that's so easy, though. I know, but like, I just think he's going to crumble under the pressure. Yeah. He's going to wreck like lap one, hit somebody going into turn one in Austria. Right. Right. Okay. His teammate. (laughs) Get fired instantly. Well, since we have the sprint, since we have the sprint race, we'll, we'll cap predictions there. Keep it simple for for this week since we're we're almost out of time here so uh, again plenty of racing this weekend go watch it all don't do anything else it's probably smoky wherever you are so stay inside and watch race cars have a lovely weekend goodbye hit pass moto sponsored by moto america is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!